Blog Talk Radio. Love it. Everybody, welcome to our show, the Neil and Christian Bigger Psychic Hour. Here we are today to answer your questions, your pressing questions. And I am sorry, but I am multitasking because I have to post this to our other pages, so it's difficult for me to do two things at once. Well, not not always, but talking and posting is not my forte. And that's the, okay, that's done. And we have a chatter. Hello, spiritual gangsters. Who's that? It's Jennifer. Oh, Jennifer. Yeah, it's our posse. You know, we have a caller, but it's been brought to my attention that I've been accused of dropping names. (laughs) I I have never in my life dropped a name. I've picked names up out of the atmosphere. I've recited names. And if by accident I did happen to drop a name, I would have <laughs> certainly retrieved it and spoke eloquently about the name well, over and over again. But I, I've never been accused of dropping names. I've, I, I, no. Full S. No, I Full S. You do drop names, and I noticed that when I no, met you. You don't drop. You, you drop. You drop pencils. Oh you come drop on, it's balls. A, it, it, I don't want to talk about drop the balls right now, but you do. You drop things. You cannot drop a name. I. It, it, I don't even know. It's it's it, it, Oh come on. Come on, language. Language is not so fixed that you, the meanings of the words don't change, Neil. No, not, yes. no, it makes no sense. And to drop a name, to bring up a name. Okay, well, whatever. Now, my accusers no, it's dropping that, a name. You often it, bring it, up it, names. Well, whatever. But, but, you, give well, me a break. It's got to be corrected because it caused me great confusion. I was up all night. <laughs> well, that's also a, a pile of crap. No, it, anyway. Well, that, that's another drop in the bucket. So, but the thing is, I, I am very anti-dropping names. And believe me, I could drop names. I could drop names. I could drop names. Before I met you, I have people that I could drop names, and I don't. I just do not do it. Drop names is a term. It's a a figure of speech, a figure of speech, meaning that it doesn't... Yeah, I know. I know, Kristen. We'll let Elmer Fudd rest in peace. No, it doesn't... It doesn't... It's figure of speech means it's speech not being used in its normal, definable fashion. Well, that's another thing. You don't, if, if speech doesn't have a figure, it has a tone, it has reflection. Figure of speech, figure of speech, a it's figure a of speech. Of, but well, do we have a I don't know. We do have a caller. Let's get to our caller. Whatever. Or she drops us. She's not going to drop, but anyway. Jennifer says there was nothing disparaging, which she, was true. But yeah, I'm not into dropping names whatsoever. Okay, hi, Dion. Hi, Spiritual Gangster is the name of my book for my trilogy. Oh really? Yep. That's funny. Spiritual Gangsters is what? The name of her book. Of her, her, her book. Jennifer her, writing a book. It's Dion. Oh, that's Dion. Jennifer said spiritual gangsters, and she, did Jennifer happen to mention Dion's book, who's waiting on the line. So everybody's connecting. 
Yay. Okay. What, so, I don't know if I've checked my... Well, no, I haven't checked my phone since... Um, you want to update? Yeah, I, I mean, what happened with your friends, first of all? Okay, so last night, I um, after she offered for me to come to her uh, house, which would be an eight-hour drive, um, I asked her to call. She's like, but I got to go because I'm going into the doctor. So she's got multiple sclerosis. Oh, but boy. she had it for years, you know. And so um, I said, okay, well, call me when you get out and we'll talk about it. And then she never called. And so then last night when I got to the rest stop, I called her um, after, you know, the advice that was given about the six-month agreement and everything. So I texted her. Um, you know, well, we need to have a discussion, what your expectations would be. Um, are you prepared that it would take me, you know, months to get back up on my feet? I need to know, you know, we would have to, like, talk about it and have a plan and an agreement in place before I just come all the way out there. So, you know, call me and let me know, you know, uh, and we'll talk about it. And okay. I know that she read the text messages because I got the notification they were read, but no response. Nothing. No. Because I, I got that, like, late last night. I don't know why I was up, but I was up. And I saw that, and I responded. Now, nothing today? Nothing. Wow. That was his. Nothing today. That's a really unfortunate so my thought process on that was that was something Dion, that Dion, I needed. Wait, wait, Dion, Dion, you're, you're, you're really, our volume's all the way up, and you're like, I don't know, not talking into the receiver or something. Okay, hold on. Oh, my sweatshirt. Nine in the morning. I can't even, my sweatshirt's on inside out. <laughs> I'm like trying to pull myself together here. Okay. While you adjust the clothes, I'm adjusting my clothing. I'm trying to second. Okay, there we go. So my thought process on all of that was uh, that was something like an exercise that I needed to do to know that, you know, essentially my life couldn't, you know, really, I mean, I'm at a very low point right now. And so if you can't count on your friends for support, then that's not that means that needs to close out the cycle because I feel like a cycle is closing out for me, and so I need to close out the cycle completely. So that is somebody that I now know that really doesn't have my back because you can't like if I tell her that you know I've been living out of my car, my dog almost died, I sent her a copy of the vet bill, and you don't respond to that then there's something wrong with the friendship. Well, there's the something wrong with that. the friendship to invite you to stay in her home and then to be like radio, radio silence, to get radio silence from her. So that is cruel. I mean, it's cruel. And for her not to offer an explanation is unacceptable. So, I mean, it was promising because, I mean, I had my reservations, as you know, yesterday when we talked and my reservations were that you've done all this work to get out of the area that you came from. And now that you're in a different state and you're working on getting housing and establishing yourself anew, that, you know, going back to your hometown, essentially, I know it wasn't your hometown exactly, but your home state, I just, there was some kind of, I, I wasn't completely comfortable, but I also know that you needed a place to stay and you could maybe use that as a launching pad for whatever it was you decided to do, to do next. So, I mean, I'm not sure if you should contact her again. No, definitely not. I mean, I think she threw it out there thinking I wasn't going to take her up on the offer. And then when I did take her up on the offer, she didn't know how to respond because she wasn't really sincere. She was just being like, oh, I'll help you, um, you know, because a lot of people say that they want to help you, but then they actually don't follow through with it because 
they they release that guilt of that they're feeling in their mind about what's happening and that they want to help, but then they actually don't do anything about it. So when you are holding them accountable to something that they offered and then they don't respond, then that is an answer. No is also an answer. She could have, you know what I mean? There's a million things. Like, I'm real busy with kids, but I will get back to you. Well, you're going to talk about it. Nothing. Just zero. Okay. So, next page. Then this morning, I received a phone call from a lady at the corporate corporate office who responded to your messages that you left, messages that I left, and multiple emails. And the first thing that she said was, we're getting multiple phone calls from you, multiple emails from you, and also now from third parties. And so I explained <laughs> to her that I came up here specifically for that apartment and that it's been a week, and I had no response, no hearing back. And at the same time, I passed up a studio apartment because I was holding out for this one that I liked much better, and I used your words. I would love to live there, you know, and describe how beautiful the area was. And I was very respectful to her because she wanted to let me know that she was in charge and that she held the power and that people are homeless for years and I'm not the only one and they're doing this and they're doing that, blah, blah, blah. And then she questioned the third party that called her. And I said, well, those are my friends who are counseling me during this very difficult time. I said, I have no family. I said, and they're generally concerned about my well-being. And at the same time, I have to be held accountable. They need to make sure that I'm actually applying for apartments and I'm actually following through. And so when I came back with no response, they wanted to make sure that I actually am doing what I'm doing so I don't get fall behind and so I don't get lost. Then she had told me that um, she was reviewing my paperwork and that they were processing my application, and then she would let me know. So question, is the ES, uh, uh, what is it, ESR? The letter for the dog. Emotional pass that. Did you talk to her about that? Because so I explained obviously- to her that. Yeah, I explained to her that um, you know the leasing agent wanted me to have a doctor from this state, but my letter is ADA compliant, American with Disabilities Act, and that I sent supporting documentation saying that it's very common for people to show up in other states. Um, having, you know, those letters and and those documents. So, um, and then her response was is that I was sending screenshots of things, and I said I had the papers with me, I have the paperwork with me, but your leasing agent wanted me to go to the library and have it scanned and emailed to her, which I did do, and I also let her know that it was coming from from an an email address that was part of the library, not from me, and then I backed it up with screenshots and did send it, but I have the original paperwork with me. And then she told me that the leasing office, the lady wasn't going to be in the office today, and it was limited hours, and I just told her that I'd be willing to help anything I could to speed the process along, and then she just said that, um, you know, she'll be working on my application, and um, she would let me know. So this is the question. Was she criticizing you because, like, you were the the multiple emails and the scans and she was questioning that to see why you were being so aggressive? Was she – was that – Yeah. Yeah. Again, I was being accused of being, you know, demanding, aggressive because I'm concerned about my welfare. And she said that there's people that are in your situation for years, you know. I understand. And so – of course. Yeah. So, so Again, you explained to her that you explained to her though that the the scans were requested, right? Yes, I said I was following through on what it was that was asked of me. I said I can go back to the library today. I can get you the paperwork in person. Anything I need to do in order to move the process faster because my dog was admitted into the emergency room. Um, and the doctors did not want to release him back to me without getting uh, a ho- housing situated. I said, and that's why I was there yesterday, because they were holding my dog from me. 
and they didn't want me to have my dog back because they were afraid he was going to slip back into the same issue of being dehydrated because we're living out of my car. Yeah. Okay. So there's a couple things I want to say real quick. I'll hand it over to Neil in a minute. But I, you said something about you're going through a cycle, and it's true. You are. You're coming up on your 50th birthday, which is your fifth cycle of 10, which is part of your karmic number. And indeed, today is August 11th, which is 2-8. Do you get that? Do you see that? Yeah. Yeah. So that's your karmic number. So it's very interesting that you would get that call today. I really hope they're sincere in the fact that they're working on your application, and that means they're going to process it and accept you. I mean, because I do know it's very competitive there. I'm sure there's tons of applicants. Yeah, but at the same time, I'm sure people drop off, just like I was also applying at multiple places, too. It becomes like you just, how many of those people are actually ready, willing, and able to pull the trigger? Probably the thing I would have asked is, well, what is the timeline for this processing? Because I'm I'm in this situation with a sick dog and in my car, and I don't want my dog to die. That's probably the only thing I I would have I did express that as far as an urgency, but at the same time, she let me know that she was the person that was in position of power, and so I had to tread lightly because at the end of the day, she holds the key. So I I felt like the conversation went well. I felt like it was like she was working on it as we were talking, so I felt like it was a very effective conversation, and it gave me hope that, like, hey, there's a possibility I could be in that apartment tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Tonight? I was uh, hoping. Uh, well, don't they have to do an inspection and all that stuff or no? no they're already approved with the housing okay. authority. So there's nothing that has to be done in, in regards to the department's ready to move into. Yep. What about the deposit? I have it. Okay, $200. Go ahead. Yep. I'm going to hate my coffee now. Well, you know, you. In our case, we have to kind of go back and look at your pattern of disappointment, abandonment, um, betrayal, you know, starting with your family and, of course, going forward, pain has permeated your life and you've been sort of a victim of, of a lot of incidences like this notwithstanding your current friendship and the ghosting and and just the problems you've had. So it's ingrained in your energy. So that's problematic. Our situation is can we switch gears while the car is operating under that theme? Is there a way to switch gears? The thing you've got in your numerical formula is you are 28101, but your higher numbers given on the month and day and on the year result in 8 and 2, a reflection of 28. So when you look at that, you kind of go, okay, so there might be a way to revisit the energies of the past, realign the tracks, the railroad tracks, so that your destination doesn't come out in accordance with your, with your old karma that there's something to transcend and possibly get out of while you're living through your karma. So what's happening in all of these incidences, you're living through your karma. The question is, can we simultaneously lift you out of your karma so you get a reflection of something different than what you've been exposed to? The answer in your numerical code is yes. So that's another reason why you you push on. There's something coded in your brain, probably before birth as a soul, that said if you preserve, you can withstand and overcome your karma within your lifetime. Yeah, it definitely she's a survivor. Yeah. So definitely. Um it, with that in mind, now we're looking at this woman. So the question, this woman in power, where does she stand on your karmic line? Is she friend? Is she foe? Or is her energy with you contingent 
on certain forms of energy. Now, she sees you as being proactive, and she probably, under the table, has the power to scoot you ahead of the line. Mm -hmm. That happens a lot in life. So the issue is, can she scoot you ahead of the line? The vibrational feedback I'm getting, yes, she can. So she's not limited by bureaucratic conditions. She can do it. Now, the next question is, how can we get her to do it? So when I go there, a name that comes up, somewhere in your history it must be, is the name Anne, almost A-N-N-E, but Anne, regardless, Anne. So any Anne's in your past? So that's my mother's middle name and my sister's middle name. Uh That's weird. Okay. That's my middle name. (laughs) So you know that song, the devil's to the right of me, angels to the left, here I am locked in the middle with you, something like that. You're, we we derive at a middle name. That middle name signifies sort of the the compromise between your karma and your transcendence. So we get a compromise energy going on in the theme of having a middle name. Now Anne actually comes to. Was one, it A N N or A N N E? I think yeah. it's A-N-N. Okay. Okay. Probably because the other one is pure English. But it, now N comes to the number 11. And you have number 11 in your 1973. So if we compare the numerical value of that name that was given that now fits in the middle of your family's names, and we now translate that to a numerical code, and we find it's an 11, and we are in an 11 as we speak on the day, and we're also in an 11 when we look at your 1973. So now we've got a green light. Something's boiling on the stove. The other thing is, with that in mind, if I ask you if you've ever known anyone who had a boil or a a skin condition. Like a cyst. I have that. You have what? A cystic acne and I get like those, they're like boils and they hurt really bad. Oh, on your face. So now that comes in, unfortunately, with a bad storyline, but a validation. So we take, we forget about the storyline and we look at the validation because the validation suggests that maybe we can move forward with a condition that's troubling. But the idea in our approach is to resolve your karma, not to aggravate it. So when we get those energies, what we're going to do is we're going to visualize, at least in a visual pleasurable atmosphere, your boils and your cystic, <laughs> what a, what a delight. Your cystic <laughs> acne just disappearing. And dive in. We're going to visualize that it just disappears in a visual presentation. And we're going to visualize that your karma disappears. So we're going to use these visualizations from the astral realm, if you will, from the third eye environment to filter down and to activate on now the physical level because we've created a dialogue that seems to have some form of connection. And if this woman has any family karma background, if there's something that we can push her over the edge and so she just scoots you ahead of the line, which has happened, even in our cases in certain situations, it happened with our cat and all kinds of things, we will um, now instigate that as we speak. Right, and I think that, I think that, the third party call obviously from me generated some action on their part. And also the lady with the medication called me back and said that we received a phone call from your friend. So in every situation where you backed me up or actually then intervened, I was able to get assistance and um, to the effect that, you know, like you had made a statement that they treat, 
us a certain type of way because of the situation that we're in. Um, but, you know, I used to make $125,000 a year when I was in real estate. So it's just that this situation can happen to anybody at any time. Yeah. And that, um, you know, if, if my, you, you said before that 12, 12, five is an eight and 1973 is an 11. And then today is eight eleven. So then that would align with my housing, I would hope. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're talking in code. So when you say 125,000, you're referring to your, your first, first three numbers. numbers. Exactly. One to and, five. And oh, my God. You see, you see, and then that adds up to eight, which is money. And, right. And recouping energy and transcending. And we've talked about why she, why it's broken up in her code and why this has happened. She's lost. Well, wasn't it like 125 or 135 million that you lost? 125 million dollars. 125 million dollars you lost. It's on the karmic side. It's on the karmic side. All of this. Meaning, you couldn't help. It was already written in your book before Before you you came down here. And I was explaining to her about destiny. So there's creative destiny. There's destiny, destiny, and there's karmic destiny. So her coming down and having to go through these issues with the family, what you're dealing with right now, that's karmic destiny. But creative destiny is going to help you get out of it. And that's what we're trying to promote here in our efforts to help you. I'm really, you know, I I don't know, Neil, what do you think about, should she contact her friend again or just drop it? Well, no. I, I mean, no, like to me, for her, I, I, to say what you did was really cruel to ignore me. And no, you know, she doesn't need to contact you. No, she doesn't. Friend, but, but if she no. said, listen, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm interpreting your silence as that you're not really comfortable with me coming yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. So if, if that's the case, remain silent because I've got to keep, I've got, I've got to prepare for my life. I can't wait. And if you've decided not to go through, just remain silent, and I'll move on too. If if there was something hindering you and you've reconsidered or you have a legitimate excuse, let me know ASAP. And God bless, and that's it. So, Dion, Dion is there any Martin, yes. Martin, Marty, yes. Marty? Yep. So the, the cat lady told me to call her Marty. And then my friend, my parents, like one of their very, very good friends is Martin and Martin. The cat lady, the cat lady told her, call. Who, who's the cat lady? I'm the cat, the dog sitter, the dog, the dog sitter? sitter just this morning. Yeah. She told me to call her Marty. Today. She told you to call her Marty last night and today. Weird. Okay. But that she wasn't responding to her. No, this is the dog sitter that offered to watch her dog, and we said, oh. don't let her do it. But but I'm picking her up, and then oh. there's a Martin that's a family friend. But well, you got to be careful with her because you can't just drop your 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 animal that's part of your family and their responsibility with someone who claims to be a dog sitter. Because and she you're... tried to call while while I was on the phone with you just now. Well, well, you've got to get, you know, ask her for references and say, look. I'm not going to leave my dog. I, 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 You made perfect sense when you explained it the first time, but you, I'm running in survival mode, and even things that are common sense aren't registering in my brain right now. No, it's understandable. Understandable. Appreciative. I have, you know, the both of you to help me with this because I'm not even thinking properly. So there are other calls that I made yesterday, and I don't know if they're – I'm going to call again. Uh, and you may have called one of them, Catholic Charities, and then there was another charity. Um, maybe they were uh, they, the, the second charity. I believe lead, they give you an application for public assistance, but they also have comments on their Google page that said they do help with gas. So I'm going to call them again because obviously they haven't called you back. Right. Yeah. So I'm going to work on that today. I mean, it's unfortunate about your friend, but it's unfortunate about your friend, but I I had my reservations about you going back to Illinois anyway. It was good to know because I don't think I would have 
I would have realized it in any other kind of a instance. You know what I'm saying? Like in my in my gut feeling, I feel like my life is about to take a really big change for the better, and I need to know these things before that happens because later I won't be thinking of these things, right? Yeah. And so yeah. it's in in the start of this journey, I bonded with people that in the most unexpected ways, like you and Neil and um, my friend in New Jersey, and then this, you know, the dog sitter, cat lady, or whatever. She she met me at the grocery store. She's let me shower at her house. She's let me make you know Cupid's food over there. I mean. For somebody who didn't even know me a week ago, yeah. that's pretty accommodating. Yes, it is. And she's trusted you to come into her home, which she knows you from nowhere. And that's you know very generous of her. That's very generous of her. And I know you're saying you're not going to leave the dog with her. The only, the only way leaving the dog with her, I think, would be an option would be to really, really check her references thoroughly. Well, if you stay with her while the dog is there. That's okay. Yeah, but we already established that. If you want to stay in your car, you stay there with the dog. He can't stay tonight there. Well, I thought it was weird that her offer was to allow me to have Cupid stay at her house, you know, while he was in the air conditioning, but I couldn't stay there. So that was a very weird situation, and that's why I asked you. I'm like, what is up with this? You know, like what was she wanted my dog to have comfort, but she threw me back out into the heat. And so that, that yeah. well, was I mean, well, I mean, for her accommodating home, she's saying, you know, she's she has her boundaries. She has her boundaries. Right. And he lives in an apartment. And for her to it was generous of her to offer you her to let you shower, to have the dog be at the home and to say, I'll sit your dog for free that was generous of her I think it's a boundary issue and when you bring someone else into your home and this is what I was saying yesterday with your friend I you know things it's like a totally different dynamic than if you're just friends and have your own places it changes the dynamic and then problems can result so you're probably avoiding that she figures well you can sleep in your car you you can do it like a dog could be hydrated. What I'll do is I'll compromise. I'll set up an animal lover. I'll let your dog stay here. And then when you're not here, you can handle existence in the best way you can. So I'll, if someone's an extreme animal lover and they're worried about the the life of the animal, knowing that there's problems, it's it might be sensible that she would offer your dog Shelter. Yeah, exactly. While you because kind of coped with the outside elements, right, knowing and worked, that you could do it, you can get through it, and knowing that you could be more more productive without the dog hindering your uh, search for a home. I mean, that makes you know, you you could say, look, I I'm I'm really considering this. What who are your references? I would like to know because I'm right. leaving my baby with you. You know, yeah. and I don't, I only know you from a park in a, a couple of weeks. And Not you, you seem to be a very kind person. But, but my first consideration is, is, is being responsible to my animal. Well, what I told her was is that Cupid's a certified service dog. And uh, legally, we have to be together. So I appreciate her offer and her thought process. But for my own health, too... Uh, we need to stay together because I don't yeah. function well without my animal. So I would be totally anxious. I'm sure you were anxious when he was in the hospital. Well, she's going to, you yeah. know, she'll say, well, you left her at the vet and you were all away from her. Uh, I mean, you got to be careful of that pitfall. But uh, on the other hand, if it was my dog, I wouldn't leave the dog alone with somebody I didn't really know from, from yeah. many, for many years. Yep, I agree. I agree. I agree. I, I, I had a, I had reservations when he said it. I didn't feel good about it. I, it's not that she's a bad person. I don't think she's a bad person, but you never know what's going to happen. And if she's not keeping a watchful eye on that dog, you could pick something up, swallow it, um, run out. I mean, there's all kinds of scenarios. Anyway, I just really hope this this apartment comes through for you. 
So we're going to focus on it today. And um, those other things that I said I do for you, I'll get on this morning after the show. You're amazing. You're both amazing. Thank you for being my my uh, lifeline um, because I you you have picked, you have helped me stay up instead of being down. So thank you both very much. Yeah, and before you go, I just want to mention two names: uh, James Gandolfini and Sal Minio. What? So James Gandolfini <laughs> is Sopranos. Who's the other one? He's joking. No, he's joking. I don't know oh, if you've caught the because my dad's show. like that. My oh, yeah, like your dad was in the mafia. Yeah. Exactly. I knew, I knew your father. He was a fine man. We we robbed many a banks together. Uh, I believe it. Yeah. He's a good driver. Good my, dad worked, my dad worked for Bugsy Siegel in Las Vegas running the chop shop. But Bugsy Siegel uh, didn't run the Flamingo Hotel for very long. And so my dad didn't work there very long. And then he fled to Illinois um, after Bugsy died, I guess. And then, um, but the but the mafia followed him. And he claimed that he got out of it, which I think he did, but the connections remained. And, um, you know, limit. I'm going to give limit, limited information about that, but that is the, and why, um, I don't, I don't know the second name, but that's why James Golfini would have come up. Well, Bugsy Siegel, you know, whenever he had, he had hit out and he needed that place to hide, you'd always find him in the synagogue under a yarmulke. <laughs> oh, okay, enough of the bad jokes. <laughs> uh, Sal Minio was um, a very good actor. He was in um, he was in um, East, not East of Eden. He was in uh, the one with James Dean, Rebel Without a Cause. Uh, he actually was nominated for a Academy Award. He was in a movie called Dino. Uh, Sal Minio was an actor, and he was a very good actor. Um, he came out as being gay, and he ultimately died rather young. But he was a very talented actor. His name was Sal Minio. I don't think that was his real name, but that was his given name uh, as an actor. But you can look him up. You might recognize him. He's a very intense actor. Do you think that um, once now that I'm getting settled in an address again, that I'm going to be getting a like a stable job offer? I know I have the disability waiting in the wings, but the one thing that bothered me through this transition is that I feel like I'm not, you know, like I want to get back into serving a purpose, you know, working with with the world again and getting back into a normal flow. So. Well, um, you- have you ever considered working for the mafia? <laughs> no. no. So she needs I mean, a, you have a great reference. She has but, a. But, you know, but honestly, your job of getting, your, your journey to get a job is going to coincide with your home. So I believe okay. that you will meet. And, and that's we're what hoping, I was feeling. We're hoping, you know, as soon as possible. You so, you yeah, get a call today. I hope possible. so. I hope so. I mean, I hope the conversation with the woman that you encountered today was smoothed over and she didn't perceive your multiple, that you were able to explain why you contacted multiple times and she understood that. So, and after I mentioned the reason why you contacted her, I felt the energy shift where she was more comfortable because at the same time when you're in real estate, you're always worried that you're being shocked for fair housing and stuff like that. And she actually brought those words up, fair housing. I said, well, my concern yesterday is, you know, the, the lady told me this is, you know, public housing. And she said, it's not public housing, it's fair housing. And I said, okay. I said it was just a, you know, an urgency, and after I explained that, she felt very comfortable moving forward. Is what my feeling was. I told you you would, you're effective. I just people trust what you have to say, but it's also they have to be accountable to how you come across in a way. 
I appreciate that. Well, I, 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 I will admit I left like four, four or five different messages that I kept deleting because I thought God was <laughs> all right. <laughs> and, and finally left one that I thought was acceptable. So, um, but I was nervous. The other calls, no, they were very easy for me, the messages that I left, but I was really nervous, not nervous, but I was, I wanted to make sure that I came across in the, the correct way to this well it wasn't a woman I left a message for it was uh, that guy but apparently she deals with the um, the applications not him so she uh, he obviously passed along the message to her but uh, okay well we'll keep in touch today Dion yes thank you thank you very much for everything I really appreciate you okay thank you we appreciate you saying that Thank thank you take care okay we have no more callers and is Jennifer um, still listening? Jennifer's listening. She's trying to guess my age. Well, I, she's 84. <laughs> um, she, she, she's, I, I said, I'm not telling. She said, are you older or they're younger than Dion? I said, I can't say. No, she, you um, always say your age. I mean, I, and I said, well, she says, I look younger than you. I said, do I, look? she said, yeah, I guess that you're 52. I said, I am not 52. That's going to be a mystery that has to remain a mystery. I can only tell you that uh, Kristen does collect Social Security. <laughs> and I, right. I'm about three years Right, away and then you rob it. Then you rob it from me. Um, I don't know. I had things to say, but I, but I am forgetting what I was going to say. Oh, well, you know, it, it is. I mean, asking a person, I ask people their age all the time. Asking the age of a person is common in our society. It helps to identify. And what it does is it, it just it not only categorizes maybe a person's situation out of curiosity or interest, but it starts to classify us and put us in a certain bracket. Um, uh, of our status. So sometimes when you reach a certain age, you're honored. Like when you're 12 or 13, that's an honorable age. You, you're honored then. When you reach 55, there's a certain honor. 65, a certain honor. So when, when how we've come to arrange the honorable stages of life, is somewhat conditioned by the, what is the length of a typical life. I guess my age is would be considered an honorable age because of what it is right now. I don't want to reveal it, but it would be an honorable. It would be considered an honorable age. Sure. Um, sure. Uh, yeah. You know, an important milestone age. Yes. And with that in mind, I'll say two words, Martha Washington. <laughs> um, if that helps you out a little yeah, bit. And do you read a sign language, Neil? Yeah. Um, uh, and, and, and our listeners can just imagine what sign I well, am using right now. Well, let's put it this way. Kristen isn't showing me her third eye. <laughs> uh, uh, the, the idea that uh, that age is important because it's a record of time. It's depressing, though, because, uh, you know, it's depressing. Aging is depressing. It's depressing. Uh, it's, it's expanding. It's hard it's, as a well, I as a woman, it's difficult to age because you have. I mean, in this day and age, living up to the standards of society, when people are injecting all kinds of crap into their faces, you know, dyeing their hair. The images that we see in the media are unrealistic standards for women to live up to. Now, some people look young. I guess I look young. I always have looked young, but there's, you know, I I don't do anything artificial. I don't even dye my hair anymore. I don't do Botox. There's nothing that I do that maintains my appearance. So I'm aging naturally, and that's some some I've read. You know, some accounts of, of people in the public eye, famous people, that have also decided to age naturally. Supermodels and actresses that were once considered very attractive and they don't do anything to their faces. And I think that's great. I think, you know, also using, using, uh, using 
tools to keep you looking young is okay too, if that's what your choice is. I, I will admit I did in my 30s. Enhance, I, I used Botox and fillers and stuff because I, I'm very vain. <laughs> well, nature has a way of but that's compensating stopped. us. When you reach your 90s, you usually resort to so there is a way to. Well, you resorted to that age at 71. Yeah, I didn't want to wait. And that reminds me, I think you need a diaper change. Yeah. That's why we're going to end the show early, folks. Yeah. Um, the uh, the idea of the idea of aging, um, of course, you know, we we when we're young, we thrive on it because we get a driver's license and all kinds of things. We get to vote. We get to be on our own. And then as you get comfortable with aging, you start to have certain regrets because responsibilities come on. And your body starts to kind of disappoint you in certain circumstances. And ultimately, um, you, you try to flourish as you get older, but the expectation of moving forward is diminished. It's not like you're 12 years old looking forward. You're other, on the other end of the spectrum looking, looking other in a portion of limited time. Your time is now limited. So we, our brains are, that changes the chemical structure of our brain. Because our brains have to, as we age, our brains have to start to adjust to the idea that as we live, we run down. And we have to start to compensate for the amount of time our breath releases another breath until it finally just stops. And that's it. Like a dead battery. That's it. So we start to analyze that. And as we're doing that, we start to also, if we're wise, take account as to what we've done on the planet and what we've accomplished. And if we have done everything, I mean, people talk about a bucket list. That's usually very activity things. You well, know, guess I what? I want to parachuting. I want to My bucket list them. is to get off the planet and get out of here permanently. That's my bucket list. I mean... There's nothing that I want to do. I mean, there are things, of course, I have dreams and aspirations just like anyone else. And I know you do too, but that is not enough to keep me grounded to the planet. I, I, I can give that up. If, if, if I can transcend, I can give up my wishes and desires. Well, it's a strange terminology because a, a bucket list, not to not to confuse it with another letter F, but a, <laughs> a, a bucket list. Yeah, what All I right. say is I have a bucket list. Fuck everything. I'm not. I don't give a shit what I do. But a bucket list, also from the euphemism of you know, kick the bucket for dying. I'm going to kick the bucket. The bucket is usually held in many. It, it, it it's a it's a container. Sometimes for waste, sometimes for liquid. The bucket is something that contains, it's a containment. And usually it's a containment. So when we talk about a bucket list, we're talking about what we have contained in life and what we want to put into that bucket before we actually, quote, kick it. Kick the bucket means that you spill the bucket over and your life is done. The contents are spilled over. Now it's like literally dust to dust. You're back in the earth again. But when we talk about the idea in our, in our lifetime of what have we accomplished, how well have we accomplished our tasks at hand, both necessary and creative, and what do we have left to do? Some people will say at the end of their life, knowing that they're ready or they've been given a terminal report from the doctor, well, I've lived a full life. I'm ready. I'm okay with it because I've lived a full life. 
you know, and sometimes they go on to explain, you know, I'm married, I had a wife, I had children, I have grandchildren, I visited many places, I had, I did everything I wanted to do. I had a full Life. Yeah, I mean, we're actually, there's someone that I'm reminded of right now that was had a serious diagnosis, and yeah, and this person has had a full life, not only, not only in his family unit, with the grandchildren and the children, but also career-wise and in the element of helping, actually. He's helped a lot of people, helped a lot of young people, yeah. so... And this was a very upsetting so when, when you have thing a, for us. So in that regard, metaphor, if you have a full life, you've reached the rim of the bucket. There's no point in an overflow. You've had a, a full a full life. You, um, I have so much more to do. Uh, you know, I'm not ready to go. Why am I being taken? And so the idea that the bucket isn't full brings up the, the, also the concept of having a bucket list in order to fulfill that element. We seem to have a caller. No, we don't have a caller, but we have a short amount of time. Oh, and and you're, we have a schedule oh. appointment, and so maybe we should end the show a little bit early so we can do something prior to that. Yeah, Biden wants his palm red, and we've got a, <laughs> we have a flight over to Washington to take. Okay. So well, we will be back on Wednesday. Wednesday at a regular time, um, and we appreciate the call. I don't know where everybody is. What's going on? Hey, what you can do, everybody. I mean, I know uh, Jennifer posts the show to her page, but Dion, if you if you uh, are in contact with BTR people, refer refer them to our show because. Uh, uh, that's a nice thing to do and have a great weekend what was really funny I don't know what was really funny Neil what she said that Jennifer said that was really funny Neil I don't know text me Jennifer I don't know what he said that was funny but I gotta end the show okay bye everybody